author Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Bill Frizzell is a virtuoso guitarist, composer, arranger, Grammy Award winning recording artist. The 2018 album by Bill Frizzell is entitled Music Is. And it's a great pleasure to have him here on the Paul Leslie Hour. Bill, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Well, thank, thank you. So what does that title mean to you, Music Is? Uh, well, actually, there was a moment. I have this really good old friend of mine. Danny Barnes, he's a banjo player. And years ago, it, it was just sort of a casual remark he made. He said, he just said, music is good. It just sort of came out of the blue. He just said, music is good. And that just hit me like, <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's about all I need to know. That that became sort of my motto. Like it it answers a lot of my questions, or it 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 says all I really need to know right there. And so that that's for years and years and years. I always it always comes back to me just that just that simple idea and. So there was a moment I was thinking about calling this album Music is Good, but then I don't know what, it just, I just reeled it back a little bit and left it a little bit more open, just music is. Hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody or not, but uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's how my mind that's how I got there. Simplicity is good, I think. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I could use that, too. <laughs> so tell me, would you say that this album, when you, when you compare it to the others, do you think it differs from the others? Well... In what way? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a hard, it, like recording is, it's a strange, you know, you're dealing with time, like the way it captures this one little moment. It's like this little slice of time and you're freezing it. And in reality, you know, music to me, it's always, it's this ever evolving, constantly changing it's always in flux. It's always in process. So it's a little, when you record, it's, it's a weird thing because it's like, you know, it's just a snapshot of this one moment. And so in a way, it is different. You know, it's, it's another moment captured, but then at the same time, it's, it's part of this. I mean, I've been so lucky to, record as much as I do is for, for me personally I'm thinking of it it's almost like one giant all the albums 
I've done and all the recording I've done, it's almost like one giant album in a way, you know, and it, it never feels like it's finished each time I, each time I go in the studio, it's like I, I've had to get comfortable with the idea that you can never quite you never get it quite right or you never it's never quite done or there's always something else to do but i always have the next one to look forward to so so you know you know i don't know i don't know i i guess it's more for the i'm speaking from i guess i'm looking from the inside out where as the audience is looking seeing it from the outside like it's this one finished thing and i'm i'm seeing it like a just a moment amongst this long evolving process hmm very interesting so you want your work to be viewed as a whole well oh boy that's hard you know i think so yeah it's just you know i'm always trying my best i'm trying to I'm trying to do the best job I can, but it's, you know, you know, the, the nature of music is that it, it never, it just never ends. Every, everything you do suggests something else. You play one note and it's like, it'll, it's like it tells you this whole kaleidoscope of other notes that are possible or you play you play one song and it's you learn that one song and then it'll it tells you well if you learn if you like this one you should learn this other one and it just keeps going and going and going like that and it's it never you never finish it so i guess part of the process for me as i get older all along it's you know, it's, you have to be comfortable with this feeling of, wow, you're never gonna, never gonna get it right. You never, you have to just enjoy being in the, in the moment of doing the work and, and it, it can be, uh, the weight of thinking about what you're never gonna get done it can be overwhelming at times. You know? hmm. I guess it's true with almost any anything really. Just but music really seems to put it right in your face that you're it's a it's a humbling endeavor, I think. Would you say that there's a theme when you look at your albums that goes through your work? Um Well it's not it maybe it it's not it's not conscious really. I mean, that's another thing I, I'm not really trying for there to be a theme, but I know, I think just instinctually, I mean, I, I, I can recognize, you know, I'll go off on a, it's all these possibilities of paths to go down or different roads different directions you can take and or it's like sometimes I'll, I'll i'll describe it like you're in a you're in a forest and you're in a tree and there's all these branches and you're sort of 
climbing around from one to another, and then you'll go over to another one. And, but I'm not sure about the the actual thing, other than I just try to stay true to what what is interesting me at the moment or what I love. I mean, that's that's the only theme there is <laughs> for me. It's just like it's not hard to stay in. You know, there's always something to be interested in or curious about. And I'm just always looking for the next thing. And I'm not sure how that appears. You know, again, if you look at the whole, however many albums I've made, I don't know if there's some sort of, there might be some kind of story in there. I mean, you definitely, you know, there's, as I get older, there's melodies and things will come back to me from, my past that that's pretty interesting too as as i play you know spent years and years playing and i'll remember a song maybe that i learned 30 or 40 or even 50 years ago and i i'm able to look at it again and that's kind of an amazing feeling like wow I actually did, you know, you look at it again and you realize you'll have a completely different understanding of it or you can see it in a deeper way. Or That's one way that I actually get to see my own progress, I guess. You know, sometimes you're just, you just, every day you're taking these little tiny steps and it's, it's hard to see if you're actually getting anywhere. You just sort of, you know you're moving along but you're not quite sure where it's all going but that's been interesting lately you know like like real obvious example would be like a a, like a Beatles song that I might have played or heard when I was in ninth grade or something and then I'll look at it now and I'll it's like I'm just an extraordinary explosion of detail that I never saw back then, you know. that That's pretty great. Well, speaking of other artists, you've made quite a few really interesting collaborative tracks, you know, where you appear on someone else's album. A couple that come to mind would be when you did that duet with Earl Clue a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Unhandpicked. And then most recently, the new Paul Simon album of, of songs that came out before that are kind of reimagined in the blue light. I'm curious, what kind of approach do you take when another artist says, hey, Bill, I'd really, really like it if you came into the studio and played with me? Well, yeah, that's I've been so lucky... It wasn't always like this, you know, but for quite a few years now, I mean, I guess people know me well enough. Like when, when Paul Simon called me up to play, he, he wanted me, the person, not, he wasn't just looking for a guitar player to play a particular part. You know, he wanted my, personality and 
my sound and that's you know so that's i feel like i've i've been really really lucky in that regard where so when i went you know most of the things i have the opportunity to do it's i know i'm being called because they want me and they're expecting me to just be myself and i whatever that is <laughs> so so like just thinking about with paul you know i felt um i felt like he was trusting me you know to he had some idea what he might he, he wanted me to be myself so so i felt safe to just it helps me to not be afraid like I'm not thinking, oh, I wonder what he's going to think, or I hope he's going to let, you know, I can just, I felt like I could really play freely, and and it, you know, it was just, it, it was great. And speaking of, you know, that was, I was talking about, what an amazing thing that, you know, hearing his music, that was some of the music that got me wanting to play the guitar in the first place, you know, like when I first got, again, when I guess I was in eighth or ninth grade and I got an acoustic guitar and I, that was around the time when, you know, Simon and Garfunkel was first coming out. Some of the first records I bought were, were those and hearing that sound. And it just seems like, Sometimes I think I must be dreaming or something. Like, how did this, how could it possibly have gotten, how did I, you know, I woke up and I'm playing with this guy that was one of the guys that got me started at the very beginning, you know. It's just, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> hmm. Now, when you're composing your own songs, do you is it something you try to do? Do you try to sit down and say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to write some melodies." Or does it kind of happen more spontaneously? Well, yeah, I have to I I definitely have to sit down and say, "Okay, I'm going to write some melodies." <laughs> but then it, that's the point. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing is to sit down and just do it. And then but then it's hard to describe what it Whenever I have some preconceived idea about like, okay, I want to write something fast or I want to write something slow or sad or happy or whatever that never works. It's, it's more, it's more about just sitting down and, and I still write with a pencil and paper, you know, on regular music paper, the old fashioned way. I don't use a computer or anything. You know, I'll have my guitar and I sit there and then if I'm lucky, eventually it's just something just sort of enter into this zone where melodies will start popping out. I'll just write them down and I just try to not block it. I try to not judge what it is or I just write down stuff and then Later on, I'll go back and try to figure out if there's something that I like there. But 
it's hard to describe what that feels like. It's, it's almost like if you were going for a walk, you're just walking along and you're whistling and you're not really thinking about what you're whistling. It's just some sort of unconscious stuff coming out. And I, I try to capture that. And then later on, I guess a lot of the writing process is sort of editing it down to something, some kind of a form or something. That's always hard to describe what it, what it feels like when you're in that. It's, it's a great feeling when it's, when it's happening though. Now I want to be I want to be courteous to the next journalist. I understand you have an interview after this, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. We still have a couple minutes, I think. So. Okay, so but I I cut, but I was yeah I was late for you, so it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. All right. I just I want to be I want to be a nice guy. <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> So I'm just curious, something that I've really enjoyed that you've done, not only like the duet that you did with Earl Clue, but sometimes you will interpret the standards, the songs that everybody knows, and I think you've done so beautifully. Moon River, When You Wish Upon a Star. When people really listen to them, they they really understand why those songs have have lasted. So I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about what you think about the American songbook. And for that matter, I mean, a lot of these songs were composed by people around the world. We could call it the international songbook. <laughs> what do you think of the standards? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I mean, that's, I guess that's, well, the songs you mentioned right there, you know, those are, there's those, the, these pieces of music that are so deep in my history or, you know, just growing up, like when you wish upon a star, that was, you know, when I was a little kid, I'd watch the, the Mickey Mouse club or the wonderful world of Disney. And that was the theme song that was on the, you know, Jiminy Cricket singing that song or, you know, Moon River's one of those songs that's just been, in my lifetime, it's just a part of the fabric of what, you know, my, my whole imagination and the film that that come, you know, the Breakfast at Tiffany's. And so when, when I play those songs like that, there's, there's a huge, it's not just the notes and the, you know, there's the words that I'm, Maybe I don't even know all the words, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting impressions from some of the words that are coming to my mind, or memories of where I was when I first heard the song, or memories of the the film that it's associated with, or yeah, songs like that. There's there's so much to draw from meaning and emotion and. You know, it's, it's way more than just the, just the notes and the chords, you know, so I think, every, and then everyone has their own, you know, I've got the songs that resonate with me. I think every, everyone probably has their own 
well, I know everyone has their own experience with with that, with whatever they've heard throughout their lifetime. So I love, I love, never get tired of playing those songs. What are some of the composers that you would say you love the most? Oh boy, so many. I mean, Bach or Thelonious Monk or Bernard Herrmann. Uh, oh God, it's like, <laughs> um, Morton Feldman, Stravinsky, Charlie Parker, um, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 that's like gigantic. Uh, Thelonious Monk is that every five seconds, it seems like he comes into my mind, <laughs> like uh, something will, you know, how did he do that? <laughs> Bob Dylan or Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. That's what's, it's incredible music. You know, it's just, even just thinking about the guitar, not even a composer, but thinking about just the guitar as an instrument, thinking that Segovia and Jimi Hendrix and Derek Bailey and Jim Hall and Wes Montgomery and George Harrison and Chet Atkins, they all played the exact same instrument tuned the same way you know and it's like whoa wait a second think of all that music that came out of that those six strings you know it's mind-boggling it's wild (laughs) (laughs) could you tell us a little bit about lee townsend he's collaborated with you quite a few times in terms of making albums including this one music is yeah, I mean, he's been such an important... I actually met him... He was working at ECM Records in New York. That's where I first met him. And he produced my first album on... First album with my own band. Right, It was right after I had finally put together my own group. And he produced that album and then... So that was like 1980. Can't believe it's that long ago, but 86 or something like that. That's when we first met. That, that was called "Look Out for Hope." Was the name of the album? Yeah, 87. Wow. So it's 30 more than 30 years. But and then he, you know, he left ECM and he. He's been my manager and produced a lot of not not every one of them, but a good percentage of my albums he's he's produced. So it's you know he's like it's a weird not weird, but it's like a business manager and a friend and a producer. I guess he's mainly my friend. I would put that at the top of it. So. But then he also happens to do all, all my business stuff, and and his wife Phyllis. I think you 
might have talked to her setting up the interview. She's that's his wife. Ah. Um, and she, you know, she works at, they have, you know, business together, management and production stuff. So it's like a long, long, long relationship with those guys. They say that there's no such thing as a silly question if you really want to know the answer. So <laughs> I really want to know. I'm very curious here. Have you ever heard the visual artist, the cartoonist, Gary Larson, have you ever heard him play guitar? Oh, yeah. I've spent many, many hours playing guitar with him, actually. He's a really good friend of mine, too. So he's a great guitar player. Um, so that's not a silly question <laughs> at all. No, he's he's way into he's so in, I actually met him through Jim Hall. That's how I went to see Jim Hall play in Seattle and they had been friends for quite a while and Jim introduced me to Gary and right away we got together and just started playing to I go over to his house and I I'm not living in Seattle now, but I used to live just very close to where he was in Seattle. So we just get together and play tunes together. He's, he's really serious about guitar. He, he doesn't play very, very, very rarely, maybe almost never plays out in public, but he practices all the time and he's totally into playing, you know. So. Interesting. <laughs> well, as we wrap up here, what would you say is the best thing about being Bill Frisell? Oh, man. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so, I've been so lucky. It's like, I can't even, like I, I said before, you know, sometimes I think I, I must be dreaming, you know, all these things that I, I've just been so lucky to, be able to stick with what I love doing for over this long, long period of time. I mean, but it's not like I can't even really take credit for it. It's just, I think, you know, starting with my parents who were always supportive of whatever it was I had in my imagination that I wanted to do. They always somehow backed me up and, and there's there's just been so many teachers and friends and my wife and my daughter and you mentioned Lee and the, you know all, so many people all along the way that it's sort of helped me along with what I wanted to do. So that's pretty amazing. I never, you know, it's it's not. I don't know. I just stuck with what I wanted to do and. I've been really lucky that I haven't been derailed too many times. Well, I always like to let my guests just take the stage at the end. Take the microphone. I know that you have people listening in who are fans of yours and also people who are just getting exposed to your solo recordings. So for anyone who's listening in, in closing, what would you say to them? Uh, well, you started out, didn't we? talk about music is good 
that that that's about all <laughs> that's all I need to know. Maybe I I really believe that, you know. I think I wish it makes me sad, you know, somehow I think when I grew up, you know, I was so lucky also in the all in the public schools and there were music programs and people actually thought it was something important and it certainly has been for me. I think it, you know, music can really be a model for how to get along with people. You know, when you think of the, some of the words we use to describe music, like harmony and melody and conflict and resolution and dissonance and consonance and rhythm. If you apply those to how people interact with each other, it, it, I think it might help sometimes to get things going in a more harmonious way sometimes. I just, I don't know, music is good. I like it. <laughs> For anyone out there, if they want more information, you can always visit BillFrizzell.com, and that's spelled F-R-I-S-E-L-L. I really appreciate this chance to talk to you. Thank you very much. Well, no, thank you. It was fun. Good talking. All right, sir. All right. See you. See you around. <laughs> I hope so. Take care. All right. Till next time. All right. Thanks. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment and Media. The Paul Leslie theme song composed, recorded, and produced by Jeff Pike. Outro music composed, recorded, and produced by John Goodwin, originally appearing in the short film Malukas and Vulnerable Jelly Things. Please consider subscribing to the Paul Leslie Hour, and if you like us, give us a review. It'll help other people to find this content. All past interviews are also available on YouTube. For more information, you can visit thepaulleslie.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ThePaulLeslie. Thanks for listening. Be good. <laughs>